Hello and welcome to the third episode of Imperial TMT podcast, where we invite entrepreneurs from all backgrounds to have mindful conversations about business and technology. I'm your host, Jojo. I'm the co-host, James, content director at Imperial TMT Club. In this episode, we have the founder of BuzzZlink, Arafili, the 22-year-old founder and CEO behind a social media agency work, two full-time jobs across two time zones. The first Gen Z-led social media agency helps brands market to our generation. She launched the Z-Link in May 2020, hoping to bridge the huge marketing gap between brands and the Gen Z with the focus on social media. She's also a Forbes 30 under 30 honoree for Greece. Personally, I would like to know more about how Arifili uses meditation, speed reading, and lots of coffee to balance her super hectic life. I'm super happy to have you here. So, Arifili, before we kick off, could you introduce yourself and maybe share one of your fun facts with us? Thank you. Uh, okay, so I'm Arifili. I'm 22 years old. I'm from Greece. Um, as you said, I'm the founder of the Zilling and I work as head of social media at a company called Safety Wing. And at Imperial, I'm studying the MSc Strategic Marketing and I am currently the president of the Innovation and Entrepreneurship Club. And uh, a fun fact would be that I speak four languages. Oh, wow, it's really multilingual. <laughs> okay, right. So let's just kick off. So through my research, you have had so many internships in social media and digital marketing. So could you tell us about your career and how the Z-Link started? Of course. Um, so... I guess I started doing internships in social media marketing when I was 17. And after that, I started freelancing and uh, doing social media management for some freelance clients. But my experience with social media marketing started a bit earlier on when I was around 13 or 14, um, where I started growing social media accounts to around 20,000 followers across different platforms. and kind of got into social media marketing without really knowing what it was. Um, so then when I started turning it into a career and freelancing, uh, the zealing came along because I noticed that the companies that were hiring me were always asking me to teach them how to market to young people of my generation because they didn't understand our digital habits and they didn't understand what we wanted to see from brands on social media. Um, so I decided to launch an agency to deal with that problem by having a fully Gen Z team of social media marketers and designers um, that help brands across many industries with this problem. Wow, that's uh, fantastic. I mean, that, 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 that's a very exciting um, sort of new area with like huge potential for growth. Um, so I, I think you really pinpointed um, a good like sort of gap in the market. Um, I was um, sort of interested into like, the different areas like after you've um dived into different areas um within social media and marketing um you completed your first master's degree at the university of glasgow um what was the main reason you decided to come to imperial to study uh, strategic marketing uh so my degree is in art history and digital media information studies so it's very different from my career and that's why I wanted my master's to be something that's more relevant to what I'm doing because I was always working in social media marketing 
So I decided to do a master's that was centered around marketing as well, just so that I would have a, an academic qualification in the subject too. Because um, up until that point, I had been self-taught through my work experience. Um, and I chose Imperial's program just because it seemed to be the one that covered the most areas that interested me. Do you okay. think you do you think you actually um like sort of learned um anything additional or was it like already like kind of um repeating sort of stuff you already have practiced before um but it's just put into sort of uh key terms and like frameworks um yeah well it's a bit of both um i've definitely learned a lot of new things in terms of like business frameworks and like specific theories that you only really learn in the academic setting and we had a lot of courses that weren't directly about marketing like market research and product management and things like that and all of those were very useful because they're things that i haven't covered in my work experience so far okay Mm -hmm. all right seems your experience at imperial so far is super good so um yeah as far as I know, you work two full-time jobs across two time zones. I don't know if it's still the same, but how did you manage to study full-time and work part-time? Um, well, it's, uh, <laughs> it's been tricky, but basically right now, it's basically like 70% my work and 30% Imperial. Um, but uh, it's been... It hasn't been too difficult to balance because I've been trying to focus on making sure that I can automate my agency and my work as much as possible. So making sure that I have a great team that can um, manage things, the the times that I'm not hands-on at the Z-Link, um, that has made all the difference. And the more we grow, the easier it has become to be able to hire great people to help us scale without it being like having to be me 24-7 doing it. Um, so that has made the biggest difference and has allowed me to, you know, focus on Imperial as much as I needed to. Oh, wow. That's um, incredible. I mean, um, you you must have, like, excellent time management then. Um, <laughs> in in So, like, in sort of face of challenges or obstacles, um, you know, when you're, like, kind of stressed and stuff, is there anything specific that, like, sort of keeps you going, like, and still motivated? Um good question i'm very motivated in general um by myself because i really enjoy my work and i love what i do and um what helps me is that i only choose brands to work with that i really like myself so when you're working with brands that you love and it's very exciting to create content and strategies for them then that motivates me by itself and also just like creating my own thing and creating my own agency is very intrinsically inspiring to me as well because I know that I'm working towards something that is mine and that I can build and shape in a way that I like. Um, so that always keeps me motivated because if there's any challenge, you know, I can make sure to steer it towards an area where I feel very driven and interested to work on it. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. So following your passion just mentioned, could you share with us some of the projects you are most excited about? Like which part of the position has the steepest learning curve and uh, what can we do in order to get up to speed quickly? Again. Um, yeah, sure. So right now we're working on a report with a Gen Z company like ourselves 
Um, we're producing a joint report on what Gen Z thinks that the world will be like in 50 years. And I'm really excited about that because there hasn't been any report yet um, about Gen Z and the future. It's all been about what Gen Z thinks about the world and the present and everything like that. Um, but we worked with a great market research company to actually get some great data about what our generation thinks the future will be like across many different areas. Um, so I'm very excited to finalize the report and publish it and, you know, share our insights with the world. All right, that, that sounds very exciting. Please uh, keep us in the loop um, in terms of what like sort of data and like trends you sort of find out um, about. But do you think um, marketing practices has sort of evolved for the tech industry? And if so, in what sort of ways has it evolved? Yeah, well, definitely. In the past couple of years, um, the tech industry has started seeing the impact of community-driven marketing a lot more than before. And I see that a lot of the tech companies we work with and we consult are taking a much more community-driven approach to their marketing efforts. And that's done by making sure that they have a digital marketing strategy that's centered around actively engaging with their audience, having a lot of active interaction, and kind of making themselves more like a brand and less than a, less like a marketer in a way. Um, so adopting a tone of voice that's more human and creating content and marketing strategies that actively engage their audience and provides value to them. Um, this is a direction that we've definitely seen tons of tech, tech companies go after in the past couple of years. And I think that because it's working so well for them, um, it's going to keep growing as an approach. Mm -hmm. I see. So it seems the content for uh, these brands or companies are becoming more authentic and uh, freshing. So yeah. um, on, mm -hmm. on the Z-Link website, I see you're offering lots of services, including strategy, consulting, management, influencer marketing, and paid ads. So what is the biggest challenge you have ever come across since building the Z-Link, especially during the year of COVID-19? The biggest challenge has been... Well, I started the Z-Link as a solo founder and it was bootstrapped, so I didn't have any funding or no financial help at all and, you know, barely any savings when I started. So I had to really start a company using as little money as possible and as few resources. Um, I didn't have the resources to hire anyone at the beginning, so like making sure that I could get the company off the ground by myself with uh, limited resources was definitely a challenge, but um, what really helped me was building a personal brand of myself on Twitter and using that to get our first few clients, and that really helped drive the company forward. Um, so investing in my own personal brand through the years, even before starting the Z-Link, made a huge difference to actually overcome that challenge. Um, but yeah, I'd say that was the biggest thing. It was just like trickier during COVID because it was harder to to grow and to meet people that I wanted to work with, um, both as clients and as a team. But um, about six months into the company, it became a lot easier and we started growing a lot faster. Right. Oh, that, that, that sounds fantastic. I mean, um, especially as a startup, I think like the road is never sort of like smooth, um, especially when you're like, still up and growing um and like correct uh correct us if we're wrong but like from as 
as far as we know, um, the Z-Link um, social media agency is like led by fully like Gen Z team. Um, is that correct? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so like with all these young professionals, right? And you approach different sort of clients. Um, how do they sort of um, have that trust? How do you sort of build credibility um, with these clients and influence it without like sort of like pushing it on like oh that like we're sort of very unique and stuff like how how do you build that credibility yeah that's a good question um in our case our age and the fact that we're gen z professionals is actually the selling point for our clients so we don't have to convince them because the clients that come to us are clients that are already looking for a gen z team of professionals to help them because they want to hire young people that know the ins and outs of social media trends and social media strategies for their brand. Um, so we're using that as our unique selling point instead of something that, you know, our clients have to hire us despite of. And um, that's also the big point of the Z-Link, that we don't just help them market to Gen Z. We do it from a perspective of young professionals that are part of this generations themselves. Uh, so with most brands that we work with, that is uh, a benefit and it's the reason why they come to us. Were there, sorry, like just as a follow-up question, but like um, were there any like sort of instances where the clients were um, unsure whether you sort of had that like business know-how um, being like a startup, they like may have been used to um, like business practices that were sort of like very standardized, but as you guys are young, you sort of like, want to redesign the way that business is done has, has that ever been like sort of a conflict between like um the clients and sort of how the z-link do um like business practices yeah i understand the question i think it's it's a worry that i had as well before starting but it didn't happen to be a problem actually we haven't had that happen in any case yet because um, I think I focused a lot on positioning the Z-Link very clearly. So the people that do take the time to reach out to us to work together already know what to expect, and that is what they want. So if you position the agency very clearly and you know exactly what you're offering and the client can understand that, it's communicated clearly you know, on our social media, on the website, um, then they reach out to us because they kind of want us to break the molds that they're used to. So we haven't had any conflict yet, thankfully. We've been lucky enough that all of the brands we've worked with have been very kind, mm-hmm. um, very nice brands and teams. And a lot of our clients have been startups that are owned by Gen Z teams as well. So we've had both ends of the spectrum. One, which is companies owned by older people that want you know, to know how to market to our generation, but also a lot of companies owned by Gen Z entrepreneurs and founders that want to outsource their vision and marketing to a team that is like them and that can understand them, basically. Wow, that's great to hear. And it seems you (laughs) tap into a very niche market with high demand. And for companies, especially startups, usually, as we know, the venture starts to grow. They will participate in dozens of competitions and awards to get funding for their business. And as you mentioned earlier, you said you have very limited resources and funding. So have you ever participated in any competitions or uh, accelerators? Or what are the things that have brought the biggest boost in the development of the Z-Link? Um, we haven't participated in any competitions for funding or any accelerators. 
Because I guess it's an interesting business model, but for social media agencies, they're not really the type of companies that tend to raise funding, except on rare occasions, like um, a couple of huge agencies that have gone public and IPO'd through the years. But, you know, it's not really the, the norm. So uh, while I would see it in the future, potentially raising VC funding at some point, um, if we also expand our services, right now it's not something that we've done because the path for growth for a social media agency is pretty straightforward. So for when you sign big clients and you focus on signing high-end clients, that contributes massively to your growth because you can immediately take actionable steps and hire more people and start scaling the team. So it's done little by little, of course, like it never comes really fast, but Little by little, the more business grows, the more you can use that money to grow the company um, as well, like as long as you decide to be willing to invest in the company, which is something that a lot of entrepreneurs take some time to get used to. And for me, it was as well. Because um, at the beginning, you know, your company is like your baby, like you want to uh, make sure that you're keeping as many resources as you can. But the wisest thing is to get into the mindset of investing back into your company um, with the company that the money that, with the money that the company is making. Sorry, um, so that has been the biggest growth booster so far. Um, so yeah, little by little, it's kind of like the company drives itself forward as long as you're willing to make that happen. And then who knows? Maybe in the future, hopefully, um, we can go for some funding. Oh right. Like, fantastic. I mean, I think you um, answered that question, like, uh, very well. Like, um, so in terms of, like, because you, you mentioned that uh, social media, like, or, like, marketing agencies um, don't necessarily get, like, huge amount, like, require huge amounts of, like, investments or, like, raising, like, funding. Um, but you as a founder, do you think that you sort of um, have a preference towards control or growing or like scaling really fast because obviously if you scale really fast you'd probably have to lose up like equity a lot but then if you were um sort of like in control of everything you won't necessarily grow as fast but then you'd still um be able to monitor like um how uh, the z-link runs so which which do you prefer between control so authority or is it like scaling fast and like reaching like high profits um, I've tried to balance that myself as much as I could, but, um, I, I think that at the beginning, every founder is very keen to have as much control as possible, which is completely normal. Um, and as you grow, one of the most valuable things that you learn is how much you need to trust others to help your company grow. And... I'm now in the phase where I think I have a good enough team of people that I really trust that we can drive the company forward. And I've given up the sense of needing control of everything. Um, but I'm still, of course, figuring it out myself and trying to have the best, uh, the most efficient structure for the company to enable it to scale. But I'm definitely very conscious of making sure that I'm not the type of founder that lets their need for control of everything in the company to hinder the company's growth. And uh, I think that 
the more fresh ideas and fresh perspectives that you bring into the company as you grow the team, the better it is eventually. And I've seen that when you let go and you trust other people in the process, it actually helps you grow a lot faster. I think perfectly said. I mean, I, I, I don't think I could like probably answer it in a better way than that. Um, <laughs> well, um, so like we've discussed like sort of how you've uh, reached your current like position now. Uh, what are like these steps um, like in the present, what you guys are looking for? Um, but like in terms of looking into the future, what are you most excited about next? Because um, obviously, you know, you're graduating soon. Uh, what are you like excited for um, in the future? I'm honestly very excited to finally, well, I've been working, you know, alongside university for the past two years at least. Um, and before that, I was still working part-time alongside university. And I'm very excited to be able to finally focus on my work without academic responsibilities at the same time. Um, so I'm, you know, very happy to take what I got out of my university experience and then finally be able to focus 100% on the things I've been building in the past couple of years. Like, I'm super excited about that. All right. It, it's good to hear your future plans. Um, so finally, for the young professionals who would like to build their startup, do you have any advice for them? Um my best advice would be that if you have an idea, the best thing you can do for your career and your your personal growth and everything is to just go ahead and start putting it out into the world instead of just like keeping it in your mind and trying to perfect it. So really the best thing you can do at the most beneficial is to just literally start doing things <laughs> when you have an idea, like start building them, start putting out little by little um, your ideas into the world, because before you know it, they will have grown into something tangible. And it's much better than second guessing yourself all the time until you feel like you have a perfect idea. That's very important. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. That's great to hear. But just wondering, yes, as you mentioned, you started as a freelance social media manager, uh, uh -huh. very young. And then you accumulated a lot of experience in, in this industry. Do you use any metrics to see, yes, I'm qualified enough to start my own startup? Or you just feel it's just the right time point, I should start doing something? Um, I think that go for it and start something when you have the idea. And little by little, you're also going to learn on the job. As long as you're transparent about your abilities and maybe you fill the gaps with people that are better at better than you, um, so building a team of people that can complement your own skills, then you don't have to wait until you feel like you're perfect at something to start something because the best way to learn it will be on the job. Mm -hmm. Learning by doing. Yeah, I got it. Yeah, exactly. Okay, sure. So these are great tips for young entrepreneurs. And I think understanding Gen Z is a full-time job and the little details make a huge difference. Each generation is different and grows up in the context of a unique times. In today's episode, we have the founder of the Z-Link, Arifili, who is helping brands get a better understanding of how to optimize their social media presence to appeal more to our generation. All right, I think we are kind of running out of time and this come to the end of the show. Again, Arafili, thank you for being here on the podcast. I know we came across a lot of tech issues. <laughs> We're excited to have you. Thank you so much. Thank and you so much. A Arifili. big thank you to our co-host, James. 
Thank you. Yeah, Erfilia, I, I probably know, like, as a founder, you're very busy. So thanks for taking the time to join us today. No, no worries. Thank you guys so much. Yes. And for listeners, thanks for listening to TMT podcast and indulging in some few good insights for the mind. And join us as we celebrate young entrepreneurs who are shaping culture and driving change. See you next time.